On the Lords of Grantham podcast, we talk The Crown, Season 5, Episode 6, Epitaph House, uh, in which we flash back to World War One, uh, where King George's uh, first cousin uh, died uh, because he wasn't rescued by the royal family. Uh, we then flash forward and connected some dots with uh, Prince Phil's blood to confirm that this is their bodies that were found and buried somewhere. Uh, and that all tied into Prince Phil's relationship with uh, Penny, who, which Queen Elizabeth was not okay with. Either way, it was much to do about nothing, just to prove out that Queen Elizabeth and Phil are stronger than ever, and they're still going strong. Will that play into this week of The Crown? Probably not, but let's see where we are this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. The Crown Season 5, Episode 7. Doctor, doctor, give me the news, I got a bad case of loving you. No pills gonna kill my ill, I got a bad case of love. And... Happy New Year, 2023, to the Lords of Grantham fans. How are you, Corey? Um, I'm doing well, Dave. Did, did you have a good holidays? I did. Well, spoiler alert, we're recording this before the New Year, so I had a good Christmas. Um, okay. TBD um, on New Year. Yeah, TBD on New Year. If you don't hear from us ever again in the future, it might have partied a little too hard. But We really had to bring in 2023 just right. <laughs> remains to be seen, but um, I would like to, before we get the ball rolling formally uh just get let you all know we were supposed to have a little bonus episode that the weather out in connecticut wound up postponing but in my preparation for that episode i packed all my podcast gear up and put it in a backpack ready to go record and when i unpacked all my stuff i realized one of my items was not there so i'm recording on a voice memo on my phone this week so if the audio quality is a little different, just know this is the holidays. We're in that week between Christmas and New Year's where nothing is legal or illegal. This is the purge of podcasting. So, you know, well, you're getting some content from us, but unfortunately it's not what you're used to if you're super picky. Dave, just make sure when you go to your voice settings, uh, you've set the audio quality to lossless. Okay. So just go to your, your memo settings right now. And this is for anyone out there. If you okay. record on your phone, you can literally select between compressed and lossless. Okay, done. So hopefully that takes effect now. If not... <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Sorry for... I just turned into the ch- Alvin and the Chipmunks or something over here. Well, how are you, Corey? How's the city been? Christmas time in the city. It's the worst time of the year. <laughs> Everyone decides to come visit, and, and all the places become engulfed in tourists and stuff. Uh, so... I'm just, uh, I'm busy this week with work and stuff. It's been a busy end of year, so I'm not too concerned about that. Just been catching up on watching stuff and holding tight. All right. Well, much like the rest of the world and ourselves, is I'm assuming no big news in the front of Downton, Pole Dark, The Crown. Well, HBO released a, a video teasing their upcoming 2023 slate of uh, TV shows um, last week on the 22nd. And they included uh, several seconds of footage from the Gilded Age Season 2. Of that footage, I can't tell you that it showed anything meaningful. Uh, It looks like there's someone having a fainting spell for a second. Uh, And they show some brief looks of the the style and wear that they'll be uh, showing off this next season. But nothing really to go on, and there's no announcement of the date of when it's coming back or anything like that. So, who knows? Well, they edited one shot, so that's promising, right? (laughs) 
Just a couple shots, a couple quick shots. They, they definitely filmed the season. I can confirm that. They filmed season two of Gilded Age. Okay, well, hopefully hopefully we get some information soon on that, because that was a fun show. Yeah, I mean, they've already announced some of their shows coming back in January and, and March and stuff, and it wasn't part of that slate, so we might be looking at something along the lines of springtime for a return. All right, well, that's, that is what that is. Yep. So. But I guess with that in mind, we should uh, continue forward in what we're doing right here. The, the crown. We're at the tail end of the season. Only a couple weeks left of this. And indeed. I'm just looking at my notes now, Dave. Mm-hmm. And somehow, my phone has just erased all of them. <laughs> oh, no. Really? <laughs> it just it literally... It, I'm, oh, no. No. I copied and pasted. The text went white. I played oh. myself. I made the text go white on myself somehow, and then I just couldn't read the screen. How that happened, I don't know. Why that happened, I don't know. But okay, I have my notes. Okay, good. Crisis avert. Well, either way, I could have walked you through the episode. This is pretty straightforward. Technical difficulties abound this episode here for us. Yeah, here we go. It's the holidays. Yeah. Hit the nog a little too hard. Absolutely. So it's The Crown, Season 5, Episode 7. No woman's land. No, not a, not a woman's land. We've heard the saying "no man's land" many of times uh, in you know storytelling and whatnot, but "no woman's land" that's a that's a new one, and it comes directly from Diana. Yeah, finally we get a real deep dive Diana episode. Been waiting for this all season. It feels like yeah, been waiting for Debicki to flex. Now I thought we might get a sort of re, you know, a different POV to get the revenge dress, but no, the revenge dress is remaining in a one shot scene. But here we are. She's alone. William's off to Eaton. Mm-hmm. And things aren't looking so hot for our princess. But do we want to start there or do we want to get the Eaton stuff out of the way? Let's Pretty just get straightforward. the Eaton stuff out of the way. Let's, let's get Eaton. Let's get Eaton. Let's get to it. All you can eat in buffet. Uh, yeah. So William is at Eaton. Mm-hmm. And we see a brief interaction between... Charles and Diana, where Charles is telling Diana that she's smothering. Yeah, and she's claimed she's mothering. Yeah, great. I mean, a little too on the nose of the writing staff over at the Chronic. Could have. That's one of those situations. If if, a, if the press didn't hear that said word for word, I would say let's just maybe change the way that comes out. Yeah, and. In that moment, what's it? He's entering into Eaton. He's he's writing in a book, you know, that he's entering into the school, mm-hmm. and he asks what his religion is, and uh, Phil tells him, "Well, Charles. Church of England." <laughs> Charles, rather, I'm sorry. Charles tells him, "Church of England," which you'll be the head of one day. You'd think <laughs> he'd know that. <laughs> yeah, because he's not like a kid. He's got to be what fourteen, going to mm-hmm. high school basically. Yeah, just just a little bit more aware of that, but. Anyways, though. And we uh, see Elizabeth and Charles, or Elizabeth and William looking out the window. And she goes, well, your grandma's right over there. If you ever want to wave to her. And then we get a little cut at one point that Elizabeth is talking to Fellows about... Julian? No, what's, whatever Fellows his name is. I don't know what his first name is. I forget. Yeah. And she asks if he's at Eaton and then she kind of has this moment where she's like, well, don't you have a kid at Eaton? Didn't you go to Eaton? And 
they she's like, well, what can I have William over for for tea at some point? And they say, okay. And we get another brief phone call between Diana and William, where you know he seems to be in a common room, and they have a sort of empty conversation where Diana misses her son and. William seems to be in, like, straight teen boy mode where he doesn't want to talk to her. And the next time we see William is at his grandmother's house for a brief, awkward grandmother-grandson lunch. He tells her he's made one or two friends, which picked my curiosity. Like, how, how does the future king of England go about making friends in school? Like, everyone knows, like, this guy's a big deal. Should I buddy up to him? Or, like, how, how do you kind of... Shoulder that weight. <laughs> or do you bully him harder because he's spoiled, as we see in right. some of these other... Or, or do you want to bully this man who is, will be king and then thus potentially punish you one day if he remembers your name? He's, like, taking down notes in his burn journal. going to get him one day. Well, he's having a hard time remembering the, the lingo of Eaton. So right, who knows? Right. He's not going to remember these bullies' names. Yeah, he, he's just trying to, to fit in and... You know, the the queen, she's happy that he's there. She's like, well, you know, your pa, he didn't quite fit in. And, you know, hopefully you will. <laughs> well, and she goes, he really wanted to go to Eton, but your grandfather wouldn't allow it. And William's like, oh, I know. I watched right. season two of The Crown. Talks about I remember that. Uh, yeah, yeah. We had an episode dedicated to that. Uh, but, yeah. And, you know, it just seems like they're getting along. N- nothing really too much going on, aside from that he says, like, oh, by the way, you know, on the subject of Pa, Ma said to put in a good word to you. And the queen is like, why is that? He's like, I don't know. She, she doesn't talk to you, I don't think. Yeah, and Elizabeth is like, well, she's welcome here anytime. Every, everywhere I go, they wave a flag that I'm there. So she's allowed to yeah. come visit whenever she wants. And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> is she? Yeah, how welcome is she really there? She's going through a divorce, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Seems like William is doing fine. He's, he's getting educated. That That's just a, a B-plot with a couple scenes. Yeah, uh, and I think uh, t- uh, connecting to that is the scene with Margaret and Queen Elizabeth where mm. Queen Elizabeth is like, aren't you friends with Diana? You know, like, William brought this up kind of thing. And Margaret basically is like, no. We have things. In, we have things in common, but that's it. And I sympathize with her, but that's it. Yeah, doesn't see her, doesn't know what she's up to. She's living her own life. So that's, I think, really the whole episode, aside from the a plot. I feel like this is going to like, this is just teeing up a little bit the disconnect that Elizabeth has from from Diana even more because already she wasn't crazy over. Her. We we've seen that mm-hmm. and just seeing how disconnected Diana is from everything, including, you know, how William may be growing closer to Elizabeth, or maybe that, and that's what they're trying to tease, is, like, the queen may be assuming a stronger role in William's upbringing with Diana out of the picture eventually. Yeah, and Diana does refer to... uh, Anakin stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Potentially. (laughs) Yeah. Not to compare the queen to Senator Palpatine, of course. I I think people have made worse comparisons than that. Than to the the emperor, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's going on, and we do hear also in one of the phone calls that Diana makes to her son like a click. She's very paranoid this episode about people listening in. Yes, and that figures and I, into Diana. 
And a lot of that has to do with uh, our new pal Bashir. What's his? Uh, Martin Bashir. Martin Bashir. That's right. Yeah. Been waiting for him to show up. Right, because Dave, you and I, we're familiar with Martin Bashir. Maybe I more than you. I don't know. But that Michael Jackson interview he did when we were younger in 2003, it was everywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, it's a very, very bizarre <laughs> piece of modern history. Well, modern 20 years ago history. Yeah, where Michael Jackson's climbing in trees and showing him around Neverland Ranch. <laughs> and so that that's the kind of journalist that Martin Bashir is. I assume he only got a, a opportunity with Michael Jackson like that because of his success with Diana. Right. That that it kind of humanized her. That's what Michael Jackson was hoping to do, except Michael Jackson hung around in pajamas half the time. Yeah, and tried <laughs> to validate let's children sleeping in his bed, but that's neither here nor there. We're not here to litigate Michael Jackson. Right. Um, but Martin Bashir is striking an opportune time because as the episode opens, Diana's telling us that she's neither married nor single. She's neither royal nor normal. Uh, she's a harpy, a half woman, half bird type, no one to talk to or company. She's very vulnerable right now. She mm-hmm. doesn't have much going on. Um, we we see that you know how kind of empty her life is because she's getting acupuncture done, which yeah. Highly recommend. Love acupuncture. Okay. I've never done it. It's not very fun to watch on TV. It can be painful. It can be, but it it, it works. Um, but her acupuncturist, her husband, is uh, getting a surgery done, and Diana says, I'll be there for you. I can, I can, I can carve out some time to, to help out and, and be there as moral support. And I, I'm watching this like, wait a minute. Is there something we don't know about this acupuncturist? Is this like her mother or her aunt or something like that? Yeah. I guess not. It's just their acupuncturist. Right. And, and this is an intercut with um, a journalist writing in his piece uh, early in the episode. And as we know, it's Martin Bashir. But he's literally cross-referencing all these books, putting to connecting dots and everything. He, he, he needs a big break, essentially. Well, he's getting praised for stuff. But he, he wants to and, – and he gets more into it later in the episode, talking to Diana directly. But he wants the opportunity to really – stand on his own two feet and make his sort of statement of statements. Yeah. So so he goes to his boss and he has the idea to talk to Diana. To which his boss says, um, everyone wants to talk to Diana. <laughs> and they have millions that they can give to her that she can donate to charity. Why would she want to talk to us? What do we have to offer? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bashir, you know, says, we're the BBC. We got credibility that these people don't have. They're all sensationalists. We're real folks in, in you know her, and we're her home. backyard yeah yeah and you know she's at her he's like he's he's like saying she's at her breaking point this and this will be the story of them breaking her and how is he going to get to diana though through her family i like that this show does not hold back uh from addressing how Martin Bashir went about this, because this is actually only recent news. Mm-hmm. This was only revealed in 2021 how he went about getting into them. So if they actually tackled this early on The Crown, they may have risked botching how they broke the story. Because the uh-huh. this is the truth that only came out in recent years, that this man forged documents saying that her secretary was um, spying on her, p- 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 uh, playing on her fears, you know, that... She's being, you know, followed at all times and tapped and stuff and can't get away. Yeah, and he's naming names that are just in- incorrect. Right. 
is there's no truth to it at all. I think what's his name? Patrick Joseph is the name of her help. Yeah, it was like the former head of security, and somebody else. Well, she fired the head of security, and and he's just you know it's every every name he can pull, and maybe this Patrick is a sp- Jepson. Jepson. Yeah. Uh-huh. you say maybe the maybe it's MI six spying on you, and these are all these coded things and like MI5, invoices yeah. and things like that. Not MI six. That's uh, James Bond. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's relaying this uh, to her to her brother. We we see him literally photoshopping this, making it all come together. Uh, it's funny though, because he's like leaning over someone's shoulder and telling him, "Yes, get it just right, like that." You know that he probably just sat at a computer and did it himself uh, over over an afternoon. Yeah, this Not is in the '90s. I don't think people were too picky about invoices. I thought this was going to be some way of them just getting a letter into Diana's hands by faking a bill. It's like, oh no, he's faking information. He's he's kind of being a con right now. Right. And we even see, like, uh, I think Diana talks to uh, Patrick Jefferson, her help, for a second there. When she hears the click on the phone a couple times this episode, um, talking with William and I forget who else. But she says, like, I think there's someone monitoring us. And I think he reminds her that uh, doesn't, like, the 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 switchboard or something. Yeah, there's a switchboard in which they pass through either way anyways. But, yeah, she doesn't doesn't trust him. And she wants the light fixtures... Uh, debugged Checked. or looked at. Yeah. That's how they get you. That's how they always get you. That's in the light. It's by the light bulb. That's how they got me. Oh, uh, that's right. <laughs> There's no truth to that at all. Um, but, anyways, though, yeah, he confronts her brother, Charles Spencer, and says, like, yo, this is going on. We caught this. You, you may not have been aware of this. Is there possible we can talk to your sister about this? Uh, this ain't right. Yeah, and after two years or whatever of silence between these two siblings, they're reunited. And on the yeah. way to see her brother, Diana's brakes give out. Yeah, she goes for a joyride for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, careening around all the traffic. And then all of a sudden the brakes work again. But she thinks yeah, someone's cut the brakes... She's. I mean, this is an episode that's all about paranoia. Yeah, and I gotta say, they they filmed this episode really well. Um, it looks different than other episodes of The Crown. It was directed by Eric Richter Strand, and it does a good job of kind of keeping her at the center of the frame and tracking her from a distance. It's almost as if like they're following her around as she goes when she's driving a car or mm-hmm. walking down the hallway. It does a good job of keeping her isolated and, and you know potentially just vulnerable uh, to these kind of outside attacks and yeah so so her brother he he calls up the was it the panorama where, where martin Bashir works and asks is this guy credible and his, his his editor says yeah he's an award-winning journalist i think <laughs> yeah well i mean he he is the, the episode starts yeah. with them sort of praising Bashir for being a good journalist mm-hmm and so, yeah, he, he does get to, to meet with Diana. The, yeah, the, yeah, by way of the brother, who's also kind of a kind of scummy in how he's been dealing with the, the press and stuff like that. Like, he's been not necessarily pro-Diana, or, you know, on Diana's side when she needs him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that connection brings them back together, even if it is just for business relationships. 
kind of, to, to bridge this gap. And then Diana indeed meets Bashir with her brother present as a sort of a mediator. Yeah. And he again says, like, we'd like to, you know, put your story out there because you have all these threats and people just want to get more information out of you. What if you were the one to tell the story? Uh, and they remind him, like, well, we got everyone in the world wanting to talk to us. She's like, Oprah wants to talk to me. Yeah, Barbara Oprah, Walters. Barbara Walters. The whole gang. <laughs> My good friend David Frost. You know, remember when he talked to Nixon? That was a thing. That yeah. happened. David Letterman, Jay nope. Leno, Carson nope. Daly, <laughs> not, not, not a thing at the time. Kurt Loader, <laughs> no, <laughs> Matt Lauer, <laughs> uh, just name a newscaster. Uh, but anyways, though, Bashir is the one that wins her over, though. Right, because they he says they will give her control. She'll be and protected we see, by the BBC. Yeah, and I think that there is a little uh, involving the other plot of this episode. She seems to be in a very uh, good omen mood and a fan of Pakistani people. Yeah, she, she's willing to give this guy a chance because uh, she's and like, we, you're Pakistani, aren't you? No, she says, where are you from? And, he said, and he's like, whatever part of England he's from. And she's like, but originally. Mm-hmm. And then... Who is it? His editor's like, you've been spending your whole life trying to be British. Like, why are you embracing this Pakistani side? And he's like, to get this interview with Princess Diana. Like, there right. are he no says, like, it, scruples about it. This guy is trying to milk whatever he needs to milk to get her to talk to him. Yeah. He says, like, it seems like she has a favor for, for Pakistani people. Like, you don't I don't say. know why. <laughs> um, she's, he literally says she's got a thing for me. Um, to the so point that him. when they have a little end yeah. of the episode meeting in a car mm-hmm. in a parking lot and, and uh, he makes some little Pakistani proverb to her about you know like many mouths whatever you know I didn't write it down the more mouths talk uh, was it was it, there's the more something about the more mouths talk the more it creates trouble for you something along those lines yeah yeah um and I it's clearly like, tell he's just pulling it out of his back. Yeah, pocket. he just went on like <laughs> Wikipedia that day for like a Pakistani gossip phrase or something. But she's yeah. she buys it hook, line, and sinker. She loves it. She's all in. She's ready to work with this guy. Yeah, finally someone on his side, her side. She can trust him, protect her every step of the way. Uh, and I think was he he conveys the story too. Like you don't understand. I had to work twice as hard to get where I am in the BBC because of my skin and all that stuff. And on some level, that's probably true. I mean, definitely considering how predominantly white, you know, England was for, for a long period of time and, you know, Indian uh, culture over there and just outsiders like having to kind of make a means for themselves. But he's also definitely embellishing just a little bit to appeal to her sympathetic side that she has. Yeah. And I think uh, gullible is not the right word, but, uh, agreeable you know she seems to she seems to to have a type in this episode and i think she sees the sort of plight of of minorities in general and indian people or pakistani people sorry uh or in the the her good graces right now yeah well to that point 
cycling back to her going to the hospital with her acupuncturist for her husband, uh, the doctor comes by to relay some news uh, about the woman's husband and uh, catches Diana's eye. Uh, Dr. Hasnot Khan. This is, I think, one of the most uh, bizarre scenes where she's like, did you notice his nice shoes? And the, he, had, he had his name written on his shoes. And, and the acupuncturist is like, no. She's like, what about his eyes? No. What about his, what hands? his hands? No. <laughs> she's worrying about her husband right now, Dan, and she's not trying to make eyes at men. <laughs> he's like, she's not trying to find you a date. Right. And the guy is totally unassuming. He's just a man doing his job, and little does he know he's being eyed up by Diana. Uh, gives us hope everywhere for the, the average man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> someone like Diana be like, hey, look at this guy. But uh, then Diana but yeah, starts, she, she starts showing up to the hospital and, and visiting she's hanging around. sick people. And this mm-hmm. is, a, I think this is a little odd moment for Diana because clearly she's going to scope out this Dr. Khan. And, you know, they say, oh, she come, she's been here like eight times by herself. No press, no bodyguard. She just comes. And then Dr. Khan's like, hey, thank you for coming. And she's like, oh, th- thank you for what you do. To which they have a midnight uh, vending machine snack together. Yeah. I mean, only Diana can get away with hanging around a hospital. I don't think the most average person can actually just hang out in a hospital visiting people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Unless I'm missing something there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, as you said, like, he, he's like, you, you want to do something during my lunch break in an hour? And she's like, midnight? Yeah. <laughs> that, sure? That's my time. I'm a doctor. <laughs> so, yeah, as you said, they, they hang out at the vending machine. He gets her some chips, some crisps. She likes it. He gets her some pudding or some kind of bar, candy bar. And... Yeah, she talks about how she visited Pakistan. She went on a solo tour there in 1991. Uh, she she liked it. Mm-hmm. She says the, the the bar that he's given her to eat, she's eating it. She's like, this is unexpectedly sexy, which is kind of <laughs> quite the strange way to refer to your food. I, I don't know if I've ever done that. Yeah, Dr. Khan is like, oh. <laughs> she's talking about my food? Okay. And then she's like, well, what do I got to do to get you to go see a movie with me? And he's like, I don't go to the movies. I don't got time for that. I, I live a life. I'm a doctor. Like, I'm a doctor. <laughs> She's like, well, what movie do you want to see? He's like, I want to see Apollo 13. Yeah. So it's, it's funny, though. That I did like the conversation they have here because she, she – and this is you know pulling from actual history. She visited a mosque. She wore a dupata. Um, and then they take a little bit of a stretch where she's like, it'd be nice to have a family there. And it's like, I don't know if that has ever come up exactly <laughs> – I was looking this up. I don't think they they definitely embellished a little bit her predilection for the Pakistani people. She definitely liked this guy, uh-huh. dated him. I don't know if that figure factored into Martin Bashir. There's no evidence of that necessarily. And it's, uh, yeah, the whole having a family. It, it, it's nice in the way that they're humanizing Elizabeth or not Elizabeth Diana. That that she may be flawed and all that, and that may include just having a specific type of man that's bad yeah. Pakistani. But it's strange. It's a strange beat to take. <laughs> I, di- I literally Googled as a, as I was watching this episode, like, did Diana have a an interest in, in you know, Middle Eastern men, considering, you know, who we're going to re-meet soon. 
and Bashir and Dr. Khan. And there was really no evidence aside from just articles about those three men and their relationship to her as, but not connected in the same article. Right. And and it's actually just kind of racist. (laughs) Just call it like I see it to say, your last name is Khan. Are you Pakistani? Do you know how many people have the last name of Khan? Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, In the middle East and, and around the world. That's a huge assumption to take. Like, what the hell is that? Um, okay, sh- sure. Yeah, th- th- you know, I, it, I think that there's a certain sort of um, gleeful, like sponge-like quality, Diana, where she likes learning and she doesn't mind being corrected. But at the mm. same time, they kind of play her as a as dopey sometimes. Sure. Where, she's you so know, young. She, yeah, yeah. But she's she's got a kid who's in high school. Like she's not that young. You know, she's not like right. a she's not twenty anymore. Yeah, Peter Morgan just plays it simple, you know. <laughs> That's how he writes it. It's like she's a pretty tall blonde. She's got to be a little stupid, too. <laughs> Jeez. But yeah. That's I how mean, he did it. Know. It's kind of inexplicable why she would ask that. Why is your name Khan? Or what? what what's your background? You're Khan, right? Uh, you're Pakistani. Anyways, uh, so they go to see Apollo 13. Apparently this is true. She was wearing a black wig and, and sunglasses. She was known to mm-hmm. do this, apparently. Yeah, cause, well, Khan was like, well, how do you go to the movies? And she's like, I'll find a way. And I thought it would be like, oh, maybe she rents out the whole theater or something like that. No, she just wears like a Uma Thurman outfit from Pulp Fiction and goes in. She's a woman of the people. But and they're like holding hands in the theater. Yeah, very tentative about it, but they do it. They're watching um, Apollo 13. Classic. I don't know if that's a date movie. Rate that as a date movie. out of, uh, One out of ten basis. What, is that a good date movie? I haven't seen it since I was a kid, so... I would say probably like a, uh, it's better than a horror movie, but it's not as good as many other movies. I'd say it's a I'd, six. For I would a, say for a five. <laughs> okay. It's, yeah, it's, it's very neutral. It's it's definitely a neutral, like, this could just be friends hanging out and you wouldn't be offended by that. Exactly. There's no romantic inclima- inclinations from it. Yeah, Hanks and, I, is that Ron Howard? They're not bringing that much heat to that. Howard. Yeah, aside from there being some tense moments, which can lead to hold, hand-holding. I don't know about Apollo 13 as a day. I mean, he chose the, he, he said like he wanted to see the movie. So she's like, he doesn't well, she, Yeah, she did much. ask him what he wanted to see. He could have said, he didn't say a date movie. He's like, actually, I want to see uh, Nine and a Half Weeks with uh, Hugh Grant. Can we, can we see that one? Or Nine, nine and a Half Months? Um, can, can we see uh, The Net with Sandra Bullock? That would be fun. Is this the same time period as Apollo 13? Yeah, can we can we go see Pocahontas? Would, would that work? I mean, uh, that would be strange to have a grown <laughs> man and a, a very tall woman in a black wig and a sunglasses <laughs> in the theater. A Disney movie for kids. Let's do it. Yeah, why not? I want to go see Bad Boys. Actually, that Will Smith, he seems like he could be something. Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> Dr. Khan's like, I love Martin Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's so many options they could have gone to. Um, but yeah, she she keeps um, meeting uh, with uh, was it uh, has not Khan. Well, we see them after the the movie in her mm-hmm. like chambers or you know her right. part of the palace and and they're having more conversations, more of the sort of stuff that they had at the hospital. And then when he goes to leave, she's like, "Hey, aren't you gonna well, give me?" Oh, is that you're, why I'm over the, I mean, the romantic moment where she yeah. says, you know, she's asking about how he is as a doctor and can you feel my heartbeat? And he's, you know, 
checking her pulse with his hand on her heart and stuff. And they're playing, this is actually on, on the nose, the Mozzie Stars, uh, Fade Into You is the song in the background. That's quintessential, like, 90s, like, romantic rock music. Uh-huh. And he's like, you got a strong pulse to, to live and everything, you know. Uh, it's very romantic, I thought, in a way that so much of the crown is calcified and stilted. It felt alive, <laughs> which is a rare sensation to get from the crown. Yeah, this definitely had that awkwardness of, uh, and I think this is playing into the way that they present Diana as sort of, like, idealistic and, like, a little dumb mm-hmm. and just very well-intended is is this re- thing with Khan where you can tell that he's so enamored by her and her place in the world and he's kind of taken a shot at, at sort of flexing and being a big man and she's, like, totally about it and... You see him kind of get that gusto to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's still nervous around her. And, and when he goes to leave, he gives her a quick kick on, kiss on the cheek. And she's like, don't I get a proper kiss? And he's like, no. <laughs> well, he goes, why would you pick me? He says, he, I mean, he kind of opens up. He's like, he feels anxious. Why he would she go totally, for... Totally average and a bit overweight. Yeah. She, that's her type. Yeah, and she said she said she just needs the frog prince, and he's like, "What? You call me a frog?" That's the other thing too. I was like, of all the things to say to him, that's a that's not a, a I don't know a winning uh, statement to say. Like, you're you're you know, I need my frog, and it's like, I'm so I'm not attractive. <laughs> okay, you're you're into me, but I'm not attractive. Oh. Understood. Okay, <laughs> thank you. She said more romantic things about this guy to the acupuncturist where she's like he had nice nice hands a nice nice yeah, eyes and then to his face he's like yeah you're average and i i need average in my life yeah and so he gives her an all uh a, a, a good night kiss mm-hmm. which i thought was all right i think yeah. it could have gone a little deeper i think he could have tried a little harder well i think There's he's a, he's kiss. still incredibly nervous he's the most popular woman in the sure. world that's true that's true and it's just him i mean if you, th- if you put yourself in his shoes you're just thinking like, how how did I end up here? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> this, yeah, like, the, the, what? <laughs> Why me? Like Prince I Charles mean, would kill pretty, me right now. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. I gotta say to watch that happen with him. And again, we already talked about the Bashir stuff. That's where it wraps, and it ends with her kind of she's swimming again, and they have this really cool shot where she's sitting there, and the mirror is just reflecting her for like an endless, infinite amount. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to see. Like, it just kind of reflects her mind state where she's just kind of stuck in this loop. <laughs> you know, just all in her thoughts, you know. Yeah, she's got a lot going on. Yeah. That's pretty much this episode. Yeah, I thought it was a good one. I thought this was a really good episode. I thought this was a, a good bounce back from last week where I, I think also just for the season, too, where we've retre- retread a lot of the same themes between the Queen and, and Phil and even even uh, Charles, uh, so like this felt new, <laughs> uh, yeah, which is yeah. always welcome. So yeah, I liked it, and it seems like we're teeing up exactly for the interview with Bashir for next week. Hopefully, knowing this show, next week will be an episode about like William at Eaton, and then we'll get to <laughs> yeah, Bashir later. Let's spend some more time with uh, Al Fayed, you know. Hey, we need to. <laughs> we gotta. <laughs> Uh, so why don't we get to the power rankings? Sure. Well, I'll, I'll start it off. Do it. You're uh, up. And number three going down, I got car brakes. 
real tough week for those. <laughs> tough can't, week can't for Can't trust them apparently. For whatever kind of car, okay. They kick in eventually, but you can't trust them. I mean, ideally you can just stay on top of your maintenance, but this is not True. a good look for cars in general. Uh, I got Diana's brother going down at number three. Okay. Because Diana is uh, clearly there's a rift between them involving her status in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's, it is exactly what it is. And, and he's not, you know, guilt free. And I think he's getting played by Bashir to the point where, like, this relate, he's reopening this door with his sister. It's awkward. It doesn't seem to end pleasantly. Like, it's not like they're buddies at the end. It seems like it's a business relationship. And that's just not a good yeah. look. That's fair. I didn't even really think about him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not, there's not many characters this episode. I don't feel the car breaks are unjustified being in our official yeah. canon power rankings. Yeah. Well, number two, I got Diana going down. Okay. She, I feel like she's spiraling here, and she's trying to cling on to anything. So, you know, Hasnot Khan, Bashir, they're taking – I mean, Hasnot Khan's a good guy, but Bashir is taking advantage of her, and she's getting spied on all the time. She's just not in a good head state. So I, That's I really true, yeah. I contemplated it. Spoiler alert. She's not gone. She's not on my down rankings because I, I think that, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of her this episode. So there's okay. a lot of good and bad weighing. Well, who uh, else is going down for you? I got Queen Elizabeth because I think she's out of touch. And you can t- see that the rest of the world is basically saying, Diane, you know, like her grandson's like, hey, my mom wants to talk to you. She's a real human with a heartbeat. It's not like this um, tabloid newspaper devil character that she. Elizabeth seems yeah. to think she is. And then she goes to the only person she thinks can help her. And Margaret's like, I don't talk to that person. <laughs> and it seems, you know, and Elizabeth is yeah. idealizing Eaton so much, but it's also like she sees that she's so removed from. And, and I think there's also the moment where she's, where we find out that Charles has talked a lot of trash about going to that boarding school in Scotland. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, my son still talks about his childhood trauma to his kids. So yeah. I think she's getting a big old plate of like humble pie and having to like navigate around it in this episode. I know that Elizabeth okay. has a lot. Yeah. You mean Diana? Has a uh, lot. No, Elizabeth. Okay. Well, number one going down, I got Patrick Jefferson, uh, Diana's uh, assistant. This guy gets tanked out of his job by Martin Bashir just because Bashir wants to interview. This poor guy <laughs> is just taken down. Like, did and he I'm sure. To get I'm, sacked? I'm sure if you are accused of the things that he is accused of, you don't just go get a job at, at the next best uh, security firm. Probably yeah. that blackballed pretty thoroughly. Am I even getting it right? Is that the right wrong name? I, d- I know who just... you're talking about. Was it? Yeah, yeah. He was he was uh, accused of spying on her, but maybe he's not the help. I'm sorry, listeners. He he is definitely who Martin Bashir accuses of. Spying yeah. on here, and it's the help who's helping him. It's his name isn't Patrick Jefferson. The guy who's spying is, uh, so the, the guy who's helping her is a different name. Okay, whatever <laughs> that, that person, th- whoever her assistant is, uh, poor guy. Sure, but I want to say it's it's gotta be Patrick Jefferson. I don't know, man. They get so confused. I think I'm if the listeners to... have made it this far into the episode, this far into the season of our coverage of the Crown, they're not upset that we can't remember one person's name. And yeah. listeners, if you are upset, please bring it up with us. We'll talk about it. 
I will say though, in 2022, the BBC apologized and pays a size, paid a sizable included sum to Jefferson for damages he incurred from the false allegations made against him by Bashir. This year, good. So it this seems year. like it seems like you're not wrong putting his name in in that spot. Oh wait, he was the private secretary of oh, Dan. Yes, he only okay. went on to be an Irish journalist afterwards. Gosh, people, don't trust me. Um, so he was a, her private secretary. He was indeed, and he, now he's been justified. As good. being a good man this whole time. <laughs> well, good wow. good for him. Well, who knows? Maybe he was just buying her on the DL anyway. Well, either way, he got paid for for not doing so now. <laughs> yeah, it seems, um, seems like he made out okay. Yeah. So, Dave, who's going down? Well, this is something, you know, I think about the the, the books. What are the Lords of Grantham Power Ranking books going to look like at the end of the day? And I thought it would be only fair. Mm-hmm given the con that Martin Bashir proved that the worst week goes to Oprah Winfrey and Barbara Walters for okay. this is this is a white whale of an interview right here. This is Princess Diana and That's some true. guy cons a few bills mm-hmm. and gets this interview whereas these two very important Oprah to the point of still being one of the most important women in the world, if not the most important woman in the world in entertainment uh don't get this interview and there's not too many characters that get a lot of attention in this episode so i think it feels fair and safe to say that these two get the worst week they miss out big opportunity yeah uh and also, it's, it's funny, in 2020, the BBC's director, sorry, I'm just reading this up now, the BBC's director, General Tim Davy, apologized to the brother of the Princess Earl Spencer for Bashir's use of fake, fake bank statements to secure the Panorama interview in 1995. <laughs> Gosh. Great. He really kept up this jig for a long time. Good job, he, Bashir. I mean, we're going to get to him next week, but uh, even more, but he resigned from the BBC in May 2021, citing health reasons. Sure. sure. Okay. He's 59. I mean, how unhealthy can you really be? Emotionally very unhealthy. He's very corrupt. Yeah. So, I guess he did have a quadruple by, uh, heart bypass in 2020. So, anyways, enough about that. Who's going up for you, Dave? Well, you got her going down. I got Diana at number three. Because I think okay. that she's, uh, she's paranoid and some bad things happen to her. But I think she's she's making some... Some move, some selfish moves. Okay. And I think, I think she deserves to make some selfish moves following all the stuff with Charles, the documentary, the interview, you know, the the tape leaking. So, let Diana go see Apollo Apollo thirteen with some average man. Yeah, let her do it. Who cares? All right. Well, number three, I got Prince William. He's going to school. He's going to Eton. He's getting yeah. an education. I feel, I feel like he doesn't do anything. Like I was thinking about, like, well, Eaton plays a big part in this episode, but it seems like he's just kind of skating by. Like we have yet to understand what Eaton is going to be like for him. He's getting some one-on-one time with his with his granny that he wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Yeah, it's good for him. Sure. Who's going up? Uh, well, so who's going up at number two, Dave? I got Bashir. Okay. This guy, big con, to get this interview, and it pays off. You know, he's cutthroat. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to lie and cause uh, Jepson to lose his job. I got I got Bashir also at number two. The the guy he's a snake, but he's he's good at what he does. You know, he gets the story by any means necessary. Absolutely. 
And, uh, yeah. I think that leaves one person number one. I think we're in lockstep on this, it sounds like. That's nice, nice, ha- nice shoes, nice hands, nice face. <laughs> it's Khan, baby. Dr. Hasnot Khan. What a guy. Big win for him. Just a big win for the average guy. I mean, not to say there were all doctors out there, but he really, he overachieved <laughs> by, by a lot. Just by being himself. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you looked up pictures of this guy, Dave. I think he's a handsome, pretty handsome guy in real life, but he's definitely distinctly average. He's not, he's not like a looker, per se. He's definitely overweight. All right. She was a chubby chaser, maybe. That, sure. that may have been Diana's uh, A Pakistani, <laughs> specifically. Oh, my. Why, why couldn't they have done that, maybe? Just been like... You know, she likes chubby men. That, that's why she was after Martin Bashir. He had a little bit of a chub on him. <laughs> sure, yeah. Okay. It wasn't that would have flown so very well in 2022. <laughs> yeah, that's Diana's type. Well, I mean, I guess it, it it flies just as well as saying she prefers uh, people with, with Khan's skin tone. Yeah, I, I think in this day and age, you can't get away with saying you have a specific type. You have to be accepting of all types or, or try to, you know... A, or you need to articulate yourself in an appropriate way. Yeah, you may have a preference, but give everyone a fair shot, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And apparently it's true. She would. She did hang around that, that hospital for a while in 95. And uh, she, she was aware of him, and they ended up in the elevator together alone. And, and he asked her out, which is a hell of a way to do it. I kind of wish they did he that. He asked here. her out? That's what he said, yeah, in an elevator alone, the two of them. Oh, so it wasn't a midnight snack. I mean, he get, I guess he did kind of ask her to the midnight snack. You know, he was like, I, I'm off. That is true. Yeah, that is true. But I wouldn't say that's asking her out. Right, right. But and it is Princess Diana, so you're probably like, every word you exchange with her, you're hyper-analyzing. Yeah. And the actor, the Pakistani actor who played him, uh, Hamayun Syed, please correct me if I'm wrong there, uh, but he was uh, on a show uh, saying that he was uh, nervous and excited because he'd seen Debicki in all kinds of movies, you know, The Great Gatsby, Tenet, and that she's a six foot three inch lady. <laughs> uh-huh. So it was it was intimidating, and he was nervous about the romantic scenes. And she said to him that you have nothing to be nervous about. And now they're married. No, that's not true. <laughs> uh, she she apparently told him on the set, "You look adorable." And he, he told her, keep compliment, complimenting me like this. I'll keep doing good work. <laughs> I would love it if those two got together in real life. That would be so sweet. <laughs> uh, oh, sure. But, uh, yeah, he said, he said it was a bit of a struggle to get there, uh, to kind of make himself a vulnerable around her, because I think he was similarly starstruck to her as maybe uh, Khan was to, to Diana in real life. So it's pretty sweet. Well, that's nice. Yeah, I, I hope I hope they <laughs> I, I hope he uh, he left a good impression. Seems, sounds like he did. Sounds like he's a good guy. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Dude. I'm shipping them too. Let's get them as a couple. Is she married? Yeah, I don't know what her story is. She is, she's not married. The last I saw, she was dating Michelle Rodriguez in the COVID thing. Okay. So whatever but, her preference are, maybe maybe date this guy who played that your your on screen love interest. Yeah. So, yeah, this that's this week on the Crown. Dave, have you been watching anything else? 
A little bit. I watched some Christmassy stuff. I feel like, as opposed to a lot of other uh, breaks from work, I think I've been a lot more, like, lazy this time around. And mm-hmm. so I watched most of Who is the Mole on Netflix. What is that? I- I've never heard of that. Uh, it's a it's a reality competition show where there, it starts off with, like, ten people. Wait, and is then, it the Mole from, like, 2001 with Anderson yep, Cooper? I think it's a, I think the, it's a reboot. Oh, it's a reboot. Is Anderson Cooper back? No, it's another journalist is the host, though. Okay. But the mall is, you way know... back in the day. It's good. It's super good. It's kind of like The Amazing Race, where it's, um... They globe... Well, they're in Australia, so they're all over Australia. And doing competitions and stuff, and someone's trying to sabotage them, but they're all trying to sabotage each other. So, it's fun. It's, like, a little bit more elevated in how it's shot relative to a lot of these other sort of Netflix reality shows. Are, are the contestants Australian? No, they're American. Okay. Because you're really on this front of Australian uh, TV for reality. <laughs> Me? Yeah. You, there was that dating show in Australia? Oh, yeah, watched? I watched that. That was a, that was a, a gym show. I wouldn't recommend yeah. that show. But Who is the Mole okay. is a cl- an American show that they shoot in Australia. Okay. All right. So what about you, this. Corey? Have you been watching anything good? Well, in between my heater, which people may hear right now, it really acts up and it becomes very loud. Uh, I've just been watching, still watching Singles Inferno. The season's still going strong, and I just like its way of approaching dating, where it's just these people getting to know each other. They're not committing for like the long haul and all this stuff. They're just like, I think I could see myself dating this person in the real world. That that kind of thing. It's really just sweet and like low key, good for this time of year. All right, cool. Yeah, that's it. And then otherwise, just catching up on movies from before the end of the year that I missed. I watched Jackass Forever, which was that was intense. <laughs> they fun. really go for it in this one. That's a good one. Yeah, and then watched the new uh, Glass Onion movie with Daniel Craig on Netflix. It was good. That's solid. Yeah, good cast. Yeah, and I think next I'm going to catch up on Ambulance. People oh, finally! I like that one. Yeah. It's just it's some of these two-hour movies. They keep making these movies too long. I don't have the time for two-plus-hour movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think Glass Onion, it was like a, the day after Christmas, and I was like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Let's commit. And, and you know what it is? It's because, A, these studios want to be in bed with these good filmmakers, so they're willing to give them carte blanche to make the movie they want to make, so they make these longer movies, but also streaming minutes. They monetize off those uh-huh. number of minutes watched, so it's in their best interest to have a longer content out there, and that's why we're sitting here watching these longer movies that don't need to be that long. And uh, Netflix, please pay us for our coverage of The Crown. <laughs> we're giving sure, you free yeah, content. we'll be your official Crown podcast. <laughs> we'll be a little more forgiving. All my complaints about long movies are just going to disappear magically. Oh, yeah. I'm a company man. Give us that money, Netflix. <laughs> please. Please do. Uh... I think that wraps this week, though, for yeah, us. Yeah, sure. And you know where to find us, lordsgranthamatgmail.com. You can find our entire archive on our Podbean website and also anywhere you, where you get your uh, podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and review if you so choose. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, what have you, to, to touch base with us if you want to. All right, and Happy New Year again. And Thank you for listening. <laughs>